Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode two of the Donuts podcast, The Electric Boogaloog. I'm your host, Carson, co-hosted with... Braden, as well as... Ryan. And I'm just excited to start off with the second episode, because this is the first time we'll, we'll do this now with all of us, like, not together. So we'll see how this goes. But, uh, Braden, you, you, were, you were saying a story right before we started. What, what was it? Yeah, so just a funny little story. You hear things that you think are going to be really easy, and then when you actually do them, it's a different story. But anyway, I was watching one of the best YouTube channels out there, uh, Warrior Poet Society. Um, I forget his first name. Uh, Lavelle, though, is his last name, and he's a retired ranger. And he was talking about building your mental strength and uh, different ways you can do that. And he said to prepare for... Uh, rasp and some other training that he went through he said he would take freezing cold showers all the time just to get in the habit of being uncomfortable and you know i thought well i guess i'll give it a shot you know what i mean just see 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 what's uh what i can gain from it so i was taking a normal shower and i was like you know I'll just i'll just put it all the way to cold and then i gave myself the simple task of waiting until the water gets freezing cold and then reciting the names of the last five college classes I took. Sounds easy, right? Because literally, you just think of the five classes you took last. But as soon as the water got like freezing cold, I literally, I could think of four classes. I could think of um, like all my electives. But I was sitting there in the shower for like 60 seconds racking my brain trying to control my, my breathing because the water was so cold just like I could not think of the last class and guess what it was it was health policy and management which is my major <laughs> of course and it was oh. it was amazing oh, so anybody listening I'm challenging you start off with a normal shower turn the water as cold as it'll go wait three seconds name the last five college classes you took and don't study it beforehand. Don't even think about it. You know what I have to say to that? So I'm going to take my nice hot shower and I'm going to think of all the classes I've took in general. I, I understand the, the, the whole idea behind it, but oh, think yeah. of this way, man, if no, no disrespect to him and anybody who does it, but like, you know, out of all the ways to, quote unquote mentally prepare yourself i think that's like one of the the least beneficials in my opinion i mean just take a take a warm shower i don't know I don't it's know. just i, if, I think if, there's if, something to say about taking the path of most resistance that, okay here's my thing that's not the path of most resistance that's saying you know what this sounds like a way to like challenge yourself when and honestly you just kind of had a brain fart you had a brain fart more than okay. anything. You weren't struggling to think of your major class. No, I was. No, you just haven't. You legitimately just. It's it's like okay, it's like the, it's the same thing when when you you see things and and you know the names of them, but it's just like you just totally forget what they are. I disagree. You know? Like I was I was looking for my water bottle. That's so hard for me. It was not being used to freezing cold water and then trying to think clearly when your body's going undergoing a big change like that. Your body just hasn't gotten through enough stress then. Your, your body has never been in a cold shower before. You've clearly never spent at an overnight camp somewhere. Yeah, those I was just about to say. Those showers are never warm. Dude, scout camp? 
every every shower I ever went in at scout camp was never warm. Oh, overnight so camp, I think you got five minutes. You didn't have time for the shower to get warm. Five minutes, bro? What are you talking about, dude? Like, I take 30-second showers, man. You get in, you wet yourself down first, then you put all your soap on, then you get enough water just to rinse yourself off, and then you dry off. No, no, it was a nice little overnight Catholic camp. You had some time to – you, oh. you had a little bit of luxury. Oh, see, oh, I was camping in the mountains in Switzerland is, like a man. All I'm saying is you don't know until you do it. That's all I'm going to say. Do you want me to film myself doing it and send it to you and watch how quick I named my last five classes? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, well, I didn't even take five classes, so I can't even do that. That took four. That took four. <laughs> All right. Tomorrow morning, you're going to get in the video, and I will name off my five classes just like that. All right. I want to see the dial or the, the rotating, whatever, the faucet. I want to see that baby all the way on blue. Okay. All the way. I did it after cross-country practice sometimes. Cold showers can feel pretty good. Yeah, I took a cold shower after CWST. It felt pretty good. Now, now Braden is in absolute defiance that we dismissed it so easily. <laughs> you don't He's understand. not happy. When you go from hot water to cold water in one second and you try to name all your classes, just, just let me know. Let me know how well, the, the difference is, it's, wait, so were you already in the shower and then you turned it down to cold? Yes. Oh, the way see, you were making it out, you were just put on cold water, stepped in there. and okay. Yeah, that's, okay, that's complete, okay, that's completely different. I can understand that. If you're already yeah. in the hot water, it's like when you go from, like, the hot tub into the pool. Like, I understand that because it's, it's an like, immediate. It wasn't 100% of one second, it was. It was hot and then middle for like two seconds and then cold for a few seconds. Yeah, it, okay. I thought you were meaning like hopping into a straight cold shower. I'm like, dude, that's like nothing. Like, I, right. I didn't understand what. Okay, okay. Yeah, I can, I can kind of. The challenge comes in with the. I kind of get the it. Drastic change in, in short amount of time. Okay, I see that now because because definitely like when you go from like, you know, like the hot tub to a pool, a regular pool, like you feel that shock. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I can. I can. Okay, I can see that. I can. Uh, I don't see why we're considering that that big of a challenge, though. You do, you haven't done it. You I will literally do it tomorrow it. morning, and I will send you a yeah. video of me doing it, and it'll be like like that. Like, oh, look how easy this was. That's what I thought too. I will throw money down on this. That's what I thought too. You know, there there is actually something that I want to that I saw through. Uh, I follow these um, one YouTubers called the Buttery Bros. They're uh, like big into the CrossFit world. They do a lot of. They used to do a lot of media stuff before CrossFit fired all their entire media staff, right? And um, yeah, that's a long story, dude. Rip, RIP, CrossFit HQ. Glad the new owner is in. Um, any, anyways, uh, so they were in. I think they were like outside of like Denver or something like that. They went to like uh, a buddy of theirs' place. He does a lot of training. Very, he's a very proactive recovery person. Like with training, like you train really hard, and he figured out like all these different ways of like recovery. Right. And one of the ones that I really wanted to try that they did was they had a ice bath trough, right? You would go in and you'd be in it for like a minute and then you'd get out. No, no, no. It was longer than a minute. I think it was like five minutes, 10 minutes. Anyways, you were in it for a while. You got out then you hopped into the sauna and you were in there for like, I think 30 minutes Then you hop out and then you hop back in the ice bath. I think it was 30 minutes for both. And you did that like three or four times. But then they were talking about like how they felt afterwards and like the recovery that they did. I really want to try that like as a recovery, like after like a really hard workout, like the one, like 
like one that we did harder than when you were here, Ryan, do something like that. And then do, do that sort of recovery afterwards. I think that's cool. Cause they were talking about like a whole bunch of science mumbo jumbo that I don't, I, I don't know how to recite it in the best way for people to understand it. But when they presented it, I understood it. It's like, about like different, like proteins through cold and hot stimulus and stuff like that. That's something I would really like to try. Cause I think it's a very proactive way in uh, recovery, you know, Speaking of proactive recovery, for all all of us who are somewhat accident prone and injury prone, um, Braden, what's some of the best ways you found out how to recover now, especially with your uh, with your messed up feet? Honestly, ice has been my best friend. I feel way better after I ice my feet after a run, or because. Um, I probably mentioned on the last podcast, but I've been struggling with uh, perennial tendonitis in my, both my feet and I've been continuing to run through it. And ice is really just amazing to me. I used it to recover from my knee surgery, hand surgery, and now this, and it's great. So I try to ice as much as I can. Do you do any sort of like, um, like foam rolling or stretching as well, or just, you just go straight ice? I foam roll sometimes. Um, not as much as I should. Usually after um, after longer runs or um, after like a rock or something like that, I'll probably foam roll a little bit, but probably not as much as I should. I like stretching too. Stretching and icing is probably two of the most helpful things for me, especially mm-hmm. speaking lower body. So yeah, I feel that, especially like after long, like longer runs. Well, I'd say mid-range runs anywhere from like three to five. It's like your back really tightens up a lot. But Ryan, what's your whole take on like recovery, especially you after being a cross-country runner and and running a whole bunch of marathons? I'm pretty sure you're you're well-versed in in recovery. Most I've ever really done is walk around and stretch a little. I've never really cared too much recovery minus the (laughs) drinking and eating part afterwards. Oh, my God. Back up in the body. Only exception is after the first marathon, ice bath. You, you do no recovery? I mean, really, no. I, I, my body tends to function really well afterwards. Oh, my god! It's going to last a long time. <laughs> Dude, I couldn't even imagine that. Like, like I definitely – like, I need to I need to recover now, like, after any workout. Like, if I don't, well, I like – Jeez, I wish I was that – Dude, I remember when, when I was in high school, dude, it was so easy for me to just, like, work out and not do anything afterwards. And I'd feel oh, no, fine. No, work it out, shower, nap. But, you know, running's kind of. Well, I mean, I guess for you, since, since you used to run all the time, but I mean, for me, it's like running, for me, running specifically is the one I really, like, after I do, I need to recover a lot for. And especially now with, with you know, having such a limited gym, you know, with whatever I have in my garage, running's like my premier choice now. And so for me, it's like I really have to do a lot of, like, recovery stuff for running. Because, tell you what, that destroys me. It really does. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. God, I couldn't even imagine. What's the craziest thing you've done for recovery? Craziest? I mean, it's, I mean, in terms of like actually doing something to recover or I just straight up flipped the bird and said, I don't need to recover. No, no, no. More like, um, like what's the most interesting way you've recovered or thing you've tried to, for recovery? Yeah, not going to lie. I really don't have much to do. And put on that subject. The craziest thing I've ever done for recovery is an ice bath after that marathon. 
I don't really fiddle with that stuff. Gosh, dude, that's so crazy to think. Okay, what about you, Braden? Because because you definitely are more proactive when it comes to recovery. I would think probably some of the some of the crazier stuff was when I was doing uh, physical therapy after my knee surgery. Um, after I had uh, three ligaments repaired, um, I do a lot of um, muscle strengthening exercises. But then afterwards, um, almost half of the session, you know, would be just recovery from that. And um, I did a lot of ultrasound stuff, which was pretty cool. Um, ultrasound that's, stuff. We had a thing called. Yeah, we had a thing called a game-ready machine. Um, some people out there probably use them in physical therapy, but um, it's basically like a sleeve. Oh, um, yeah, it's like an ice goes through it. I know. Yeah, yeah. It, they'll, they have like certain ones for your legs, and they'd wrap it really tight around your leg, and they would uh, run like ice-cold water through it, and it would, it would get really tight around your leg, and that was incredible like that's definitely i want to try that oh yeah like after after every workout i would do it i literally recovered in like a day the next day i was ready to you know put on more weight with it and it was great so dude i I would really like to try that and then i would really like to try the cryotherapy i've I've seen a lot of videos and i've read a lot of stuff about cryotherapy see i think that's something crazy Yeah, yeah the cryo chambers definitely uh, yeah, dude, cryo chamber. There's another one I saw. Um, uh, it's an oxygen tank where it's like you go into this like, um, like chamber almost. So okay, think of like uh, the big iron lungs that people used to use when you yeah. pull it. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Back in the day. Yeah, so okay, but think of it kind of like that. But you go all the way into it, right? And they close it, and it's pressurized, and it. And the whole thing, like you're sitting in like a big tube, right? And the whole thing just pumps oxygen at 100%. It's like 100% O2. But then like the pressure at which you're at, you're actually breathing more than like 100% pure oxygen, right? And what it's supposed to do, it's supposed to like, it's supposed to speed up like the recovery of muscles and like deep tissue by like two to five times faster than normal rate. So it's like you can sit in there for like two hours just breathing in or or, you know, I've, some people have gone five, six hours and slept in those. And then I've come out and, like, been, like, brand new. But it's, like, I don't know how experimental it is. Like, I've only seen it one time. I've only heard about it one time. I don't know, like, what all the science goes into that. I, but I think it would be something cool to, like, look into. Like, the cryotherapy is definitely something I want to try. But then that oxygen tank for recovery. Talk about, like, futuristic shit right there, man. No, no, no. Futuristic stuff, because I know our college athletic center has it. Those, like, sleep pods or whatever that supposedly get, like, double or triple your sleep whatever when you're in the pod. that. Oh. I think those are just a big load of BS. Why is that? Those are just... I mean, what... What's the difference between just going in your dorm and if it's, if it's nice and quiet in your room, just taking a nap in your dorm? Those are... Because the only thing that they do is, like, they vibrate to wake you up at whatever time you want to get up at and they keep it nice and dark in there. Like they close you in. So I don't, I don't get the hype, honestly. I, well, I, I think it, 
well i think it's the same stuff that goes behind like um those uh oh, man what's those chambers where you like lay in water and like they close yeah, you uh, in i don't know i know you, you know what i'm talking about i know what you're talking about i, I think know. um i think tom brady was famous for having one in his house i think yeah Dude, but you like this correct, me, water? correct me if i'm wrong but are you talking about the uh the pool that's like it's like an inch or two thick, and it has minerals at the bottom that help. Yeah, you. yeah. Yeah, we have one at PC too, Providence College. We have that at the athletic center too. Yeah, yeah. Why have we not walked we onto something? But we wouldn't know it because we're not athletes. All right, we need to go walk onto something. I'm saying, dude, we're gonna walk onto. What's this called? We'll get there when we get there. <laughs> Deprivation chamber is what that's called. With the water minerals and stuff. Oh, yeah. 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 And going back to the whole sleep pod thing right now, what I'm pulling up is talking about, like, what the sleep pod does. It's So from this one article I'm reading right now. Oh, wait, hold on. Stupid ad. Um, yeah, pretty much like uh, the – are you talking about the Metro Naps? Might be that. Yeah. Okay, so pretty much what this is talking about is like the way that the the pod's set up and the way that it comes across your face and the way you your body lays into it, it's like causes like this whole feeling of like a like motionlessness and as if you're like floating through like a they say quote unquote the cosmos. So it's like when your body like feels that, it automatically triggers itself to go into deeper sleep at for a longer period. So that that's why it's like when guys go and they do like a two hour nap or three hour nap in there, they're in deep sleep for the entire two or three hours of their napping. So for them, they get a lot more recovery, a lot more rest because they're in deep sleep for longer. You know, it's, it's, it's like that. It's like the whole, um, some nights where you feel like you're super rested, but then some nights when you wake up, it's like, you still feel tired. It's because like when you wake up and you still feel tired, you're in that REM. Because you either your deep sleep wasn't long enough, or your deep deep sleep was too long, so therefore your REM cycles got out of out of sync. So then you wake up in REM one one day, but then you don't for like two or three days, and you feel great. But then that day where you really need rest, your body didn't get enough deep sleep that night. So what the sleep pod, what those sleep pods are, it's like they're supposed to help like um, supplement not getting enough deep sleeper for those people who wake up in REM too much, like their REM cycles don't get in sync well enough. So IE college students who don't get a, mm. on a really good REM cycle, you know? So. Yeah. So, it says here, uh, NHS hospitals in the, in the United Kingdom, uh, use sleep pods for their, um, medical personnel, like doctors and nurses and stuff so that they can, uh, nap during, during their breaks. That's pretty cool. Yeah. See, do you now? Now are you are you as skeptic with those sleep pods, or are you still pretty skeptic? I don't know. I'd have to try it for myself. I think. Yeah, that's definitely something I would I would really like to check out. But um, that being said, Ryan, I hear that you have a uh, new coworker at work. Ah, uh, yes. Since I mentioned it earlier, let's talk about the adventures of working with a younger brother who's not up to speed on social things yet because he's only 14 and he's still learning <laughs> so all right so we all know about weed and how common it is regardless if it's illegal in your state or whatever people got it like there's no if and or buts about it 
not hard. So, you know, of course, working in a fast food restaurant late at night, people get munchies when they get high. So, you know, they'll come through the drive-thru or shoot, they'll come at like three o'clock in the middle of the day and you'll get like, for people, you know what I'm talking about. When you smell weed, you know it's weed. We all know that smell, right? Indeed. Yeah. So, you know, we were talking about it just like, oh yeah, it happens. Like there's just people who come to the hydro who have obviously been smoking. So, you know, one of our other coworkers, she takes the order, right? And you know, this person, they definitely smoke some or whatever. So, you know, normally when we're outside, they roll up their windows after they're done ordering with us. Whatever they're doing, it was a white sedan. I don't remember the model, but it had a little roof window. And that roof window was open. And as soon as my little brother got a whiff of it, he went, that's a weed car. I had to not lose it because the customer could obviously hear that a 14-year-old boy just shouted, that's a weed car <laughs> out loud for the world to hear. And we had a little education session about things we can yell out loud that will not offend the customers and upset them. Goodness gracious, man. And that's too funny. Sense. Like, dude i can see it now it's like the the customer <laughs> rolls up to it <laughs> man who's that rat who just yelled that huh i see it now bro that's funny nah, how was that conversation with him afterwards though trying to explain this <laughs> gentleman was like so let me tell you why we don't say it out loud for the guests to hear do we acknowledge that they are yes do we make a big deal about it absolutely not because well, especially business Especially being Chick Fil A, you don't you don't say that. You say, "Oh, my pleasure." Oh, my pleasure. I don't care what what you spell. Would you like an ashtray with that? (laughs) (laughs) That'd be a Chick Fil A employee offering up the dude an ashtray as you're sitting there. Makes sense. No, I did honestly. High people provided some of the funniest experiences in that drive-through. Oh, dude, it just in general, man. Like, like just being around people who are high, like. There's there were several times where um, we had when I was in Washington I, I was went to a community college out there and we had this one dude man he would always show up to class just absolutely just stoned out of his mind I'll never forget his name was Roni man the man would sit there and he would just like stare off and I would look over and ask him a question like it was I think it was like math or something like that I'd ask him a question and he look at me he goes man you know I've been thinking. You see them birds out there? Damn birds ain't real, bro. And he would go down all these different conspiracy theories just out of nowhere. And I'd be like, man. And I'd sit there, I'd listen for about 40 minutes. And then I'd be like, wow, my day is infinitely better now that he's explained to me how have you ever seen a baby pigeon? No, for real. And we went down that rabbit hole. They take you down some rabbit holes that you know are there, but you've never thought about in that sort of way. You know what I'm saying? I mean, what if they, what if drugs open the gateway to reality? All right, all right. No, I I have had this conversation before. I mean, that's why the government tries to make them illegal. They don't want us to know the truth. Yes, I agree with this 100%. Brayden, right. please explain the it's, it's whole. Colorado, if you want to, so badly, or one of the other states where it's legal. Brayden, 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 please break down this theory for us. Oh, because right. for those so who don't know, theory, really. this is this is legitimately one of my favorite theories, 
and it is like the one where there's the most evidence back behind it that I can agree with. That I can agree with personally, right? Go ahead, yeah. go ahead, Brady. It's a very simple theory, and if there's anything to add to it, please interrupt me. The basic theory is that when under the influence of, we'll say, I don't know, drugs, um, you know, of various types, whether it be psychedelics, psychedelics, yes, um, weed to an extent, you know, other other various substances, right? The altered state of mind that you know people say is the altered state of mind, but the theory goes that when you're in that state of mind, you're actually experiencing reality. But the thing is, the government makes those substances illegal because they don't want us to know the reality. You know, they they want us to live in their in their fantasy land, and you know, so we're blinded to their 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 strings that they're pulling. You know, um, that's basically the theory. And that once people take drugs, you know, they they break into that true reality. But the rest of us on the outside, you know, just breathe in normal oxygen. We're just we're just living a lie, you know. So tinfoil hat on that. right now. Oh no, tinfoil hat it, is on. Tinfoil I mean, hat. I mean, I, I can I can agree with that though because it's it's the whole thing. It's the same thing with like um like with, with alcohol too. It's like, obviously that doesn't alter your whole perception of things, but it does alter the, the, the way that you portray yourself in, in the sense of like, you know, a, a drunk mind speaks a sober heart, right? But it mm-hmm. also makes you really look down and think about stuff in a different way. Now, obviously after a certain like level of, of drunkness, you just go off onto a stumbling rampage of of words that you can't coherently state but there's a fine line clear there's a very clear window of clarity there's a very fine line between that and the whole thing of where it's that heartfelt understanding the world and and really expressing yourself you know it's this it's the same thing when you like you you look at art and you look at musicians right it's the best okay the best example in like filmmaking right ben affleck Ben Affleck has had the word. Okay, I'll explain. Ben Affleck has had the most trouble when it comes to, to drugs and alcohol. Right? He's been sober. He hasn't. He's been sober. He hasn't. He's been sober. He hasn't. Right? If you look at the films that he's made, right? For example, if you look at Gone Girl, right? This is pretty. This is a pretty good movie. Great twists and turns. But the man wasn't sober when he wrote the script of Gone Girl, right? Triple Frontier, another Ben Affleck movie. Oh, that one. I watched wasn't, it. Wasn't sober for that, right? But if you go and you watch like um, Manchester by the Sea, it's such a depressing written movie and it's such a depressing script and you can honestly say that he was sober when he wrote that because he was depressed. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, it's like, you know, artist. You know, tell me right now that Jimi Hendrix could write those kind of guitar riffs sober. You know, yeah, it, 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 it just it just opens up the amount of creativity to people. Yeah, and it and it almost points to some of the few positives I think of you know what not I'm not talking about 
you know, super destructive drugs, but say no, weed absolutely. for instance, which I wouldn't say weed is a very destructive, um, extremely addictive substance. Um, I wouldn't say it's destructive. No, but I would say that I think there's a lot of positives to it that a lot of people don't um, don't really appreciate, and I'm not one to support it really. I mean, I've never I've never smoked it. I I don't smoke it, but it just makes you question, you know, I mean, there are positive things that, that come from, you know, things like that, that are, that are usually seen as bad, you know? Well, I mean, especially if if you look at CBD specifically coming out of the, the marijuana plant, you know, that's such a very, uh, (laughs) that's such a very, um, so what I'm looking for, healthy way of, of pain management, especially today, you know, for a lot of people, like one of my really good friends uses it for anxiety, right? Instead of taking like Xanax or, or Zoloft, right? Yeah. He, he uses CBD and that helps him with his anxiety and sleep. Right. And yeah, a lot of times it's better than taking those. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause it's natural and it's not. Yeah. Instead of getting pumped filled with opioids, right. Cause those things aren't natural. Okay. So Braden, for you, man, since you're in medical administration, right. What's the medical administration take, the, the medical administration community and the medical communities take on CBD products? Are they pro-CBD products or are they anti-CBD products and why? Well, I'm not the most well-versed uh, just yet. Um, you know, still working on my health policy management major, but I would say that I have seen a lot of advertisement for CBD products. Um, but I haven't really seen or heard a lot of guidance or recommendation for CBD products from reputable health sources. You know what I mean? Um, Most of the advertisements that I've seen are from stores that are now selling it. Um, I thought it was really crazy that in my hometown, like I'd say probably a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago when they first started selling it, they would have these big banners outside of like drugstores saying like CBD sold here. And I'd never seen that for like any other products. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. there's a lot of support for them. Um, but I haven't really seen a significant um, push from, you know, organizations like the CDC or the world health organization. I might have um, some reasoning there with my political background. Okay, go ahead. So I think one thing you need to factor in is, is of course, we all know what lobbyists are and their protective markets, of course. Yeah. Oh, yes. Here's the political science major. Let's go. Let's, yeah. let's hear it. So one thing you have to factor in is pharmaceutical companies have a very large stake in maintaining their profits, among other things, because for one, you know, you look, if you pay attention to the news, you've seen stuff like, what was the name of this guy? Martin Scrihili and pumping up the price of those drugs like that, just ba da ba da ba da They hold a very large monopoly on like life-saving drugs and all that, and among other things, pain medication. And you know, we have stuff like opioid epidemics plaguing, especially poorer towns along the Midwest and areas like West Virginia, where it's a real issue. Yeah, well, it's also hitting, um, you know, 16 to 18-year-olds um, in sports because they get injured, you know, their sophomore year, you know, or junior year, then they have to go get surgeries on stuff in order for them to still be competitive for scholarships. And they're, what's the first thing they're prescribed? Uh, you know, perks. 
Yeah. You know, when when I hurt, when I hurt when I hurt my hip, they didn't like nothing was torn or anything. They gave me freaking um oxy, man. It's like for yeah, yeah for for a hurt hip. Yep, now, for my knee, I had oxy, and for my wrist, I had Vicodin. Yeah, and they just like pumped that out like it was candy. It was very enjoyable, by the way. Oh, I mean, obviously, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the lobbyists and the pharmaceutical industries are trying to maintain that monopoly because they're not exactly for it. And in the current presidential election climate, neither the either major two-party candidates and Donald Trump or Joe Biden are exactly very pro-drug. Neither are actually known to quite favor their uses. So yeah. it's going to hold down for at least a couple more years down the line until we get a president yeah. who tends to be more free on its use. Joe Jorgensen, man. Third party. All right, all right. Okay, we all know it's not <laughs> happening. It's going to be one of the two. We don't know which one yet, but hey, man. any sort of pro-drug. Hey, I'm just saying, as of right now, with California being a swing state this year, anything, anything's possible. Joe Jorgensen is not in California. I'm just – I'm not stating that. I'm just stating with, you know, with, with what's going on in all the swing states that are, that are present right now, California being one of them, Texas being one of them. Big surprise. Ohio has always been that because that's always been the the deciding factor. Uh, Florida, Pennsylvania, Look those are Ohio. No, no, I think I've laid it out. The ones that they're like for sure battleground. It's going to be Ohio. It's going to be Pennsylvania. Yep. Your usual suspects: North Carolina, Florida. Well, yeah, Florida's the always suspects. Watch the Midwest to see what happens this time, since Trump took a good bit of it in 2016. Yeah. Um, a lot of things like Wisconsin among those. Yeah, Washington. California this year. Um, Washington, uh, especially what's going on with uh, with CHOP now. It's, it's now called Capitol Hill um, Organized Protest. So that way they get all the, the help from the city. Because if they're in an autonomous zone, then they don't get any help. But if they're in organized protest, then the city comes in and cleans everything up. So That's a big old joke. I don't think much is going to come from that part. Yeah, but, but Washington's leaning more towards a, a swing state this year than a blue state honestly everything feels more like a swing state this year yeah definitely definitely with everything that's going on it's it's quite interesting to see and especially for you being a political scientist or a political science major i can only imagine you know the, the types of class and analyzation that you guys are going to be going through you know coming this fall you know not not not, not being any sort of political just just educational wise you know going through all that it, it's definitely going to be something to Oh, that would be very fun. Especially what I'm studying this first semester is comparative politics, comparing the sides. It'll be interesting because there is one uh, study that's interesting in the polls, what they're saying for, say, a probable Trump victory to occur. Yeah. He didn't have to win in the polls because he yeah. didn't win the popular vote last election. He won the electoral college. Yeah. That's what he needed to win. If they say if he can get to the polls to where he was only 4 or 5% behind, because right now the average poll has him like 10% behind the popular vote. Yeah, need to win the popular vote. They say if he can get polls to like four or five percent, you could see him pull a victory because he knows how to work the electoral system more than anything. Yeah, well, I mean, and again, all those polls though, I mean, it's really a rough, a, a rough looking yeah, at rough it. estimates. There's you know you factor in the plus and minus difference of polling errors among other things. It, honestly, you can pull it all you want to get a rough idea, but honestly, if 2016 proved anything. Polls can mean jack shit. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting from a political science standpoint. I know for the market standpoint, um, being a marketing major, one of the classes I'm taking is, uh, is um, legal business law in the fall. And like one of the things that we're definitely going to focus on is, is all this sort of different regulations that are going to be set for for companies in the future, right? Especially what's going on now with, with all these poor companies that fail, right? They had all these restrictions and regulations for them to get loans and everything. But then when all these companies started failing back in um, late April or the May, you know, they just started peeling back all these restrictions. So all these small companies can get all the small business loans and, and the triple P loan. And, you know, they were, they were looking out for like, they were looking at bank, like local banks in the area to help them out. And, but, you know, for some States, they had restrictions on local businesses asking for the small banks and credit unions to get them loans. So the question is in the fall or well, for us in the fall, for like a legal class, like, are they going to go back to those restrictions? Are they going to maintain the restrictions that were peeled back? What more restrictions are going to peel back? Are we going to push back more onto, um, onto restrictions? Because, um, you know, as of right now, just looking at, again, going back to the, all the states um, dealing with coronavirus, it, it varies by color per state, you know? a little bit more of the red states are a lot more willing to help with the businesses and, and have them open up. But then you look at, you know, places like New York, man, they're, they want to close back down, especially with all the spikes going on. They want okay. to close back down. But because I think it's interesting to look at, cause I saw these graphs coming out. We're like the only major one that's not sort of like dropping. We waited until the curve flattened. We didn't wait for it to like start dropping drastically. Yeah. The only other exception was Italy, but that was so far out and it was in a better prediction scale among other things. But yeah, but then, but, but I mean, if you look at the, the economics between, you know, the U S and Italy, Italy's going to be, uh, able to... It's, a, it's a whole mess. It's honestly not, it's not a great situation. No, there's no telling how it's going to play out, especially because it's spiked in three major economic areas of Texas, Florida, and Arizona. That's oh. a dangerous trio. Oh, I'm aware of that. But, I mean, it's just, I, again, for us to bounce back from it, though, I mean, everyone's like, "Oh, look at Italy; they're they're being able, they're going to be able to bounce back." But you also have to take into account Italy also pays sixty to seventy percent income tax. You know, sixty to seventy percent of all Italians pay tax on their money. We pay estimately what twenty percent, plus whatever state taxes, hidden hidden taxes, hidden income taxes, and property tax, and you know, ticking tacking. You're looking anywhere from forty to fifty percent depending on some states, you know, it's just, you know, if, if, if we were wanted to bounce back from Italy or like Italy did after all this, we would have to set, you know, our, our federal tax a lot higher for us to be able to bounce back from it. But you know, again, that's just something that economists look at. And the only reason I state that is because I just took the stupidest freaking class in business ever. I hate microeconomics, by the way. Yet you're in the business school of Bryant. There's a no, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm a marketing major, right? That falls under the business school, does it not? Oh, okay, hold on. There's a difference between regular business people and economics, economists, whatever they call themselves, people who study economics, right? I haven't taken macro yet, but everyone who I've talked to who who's done macroeconomics talk about how how much more they like that than microeconomics. 
I just finished microeconomics. I actually just finished my final exam today, right? Yeah. Microeconomics easily is a math class disguised as a business class, in my opinion. There's a lot of graphs. There's a lot of um, different concepts you have to understand, different formulas you have to follow. Um, it's, it's, not a, it's, it's not a nice class, <laughs> to say the least. Um, seriously, I mean, like, this is, out of, out of all the classes that I've taken, microeconomics is my least favorite class I've ever taken. It's just, first off, it's so boring. But second of all, it's just the minutia of everything. And that is so ridiculously stupid. Like, so what's the difference between micro and macroeconomics for so, somebody who knows nothing about either? Yeah, so what I've been told about, because like, like I said, I haven't taken macro yet, but I've been told like micro is a lot more factual-based working analytics of like stuff, like understanding you have these formulas and you have these concepts mm. and you have these examples of business on graphs. Take these with this graph and you can figure out the different things. Macro, it's a lot more theory-based and theory understanding. So pretty much the best way I can explain is microeconomics is like the algebra of economics and macro is like the geometry, right? Micro, you have these things where it's like this to this, this to that, you know, um, this equals that and then that equals this. But then macro, it's like, here's a bunch of proofs now prove it or you have this idea how will it play out if this scenario happens is what i is how macro has been explained to me so then therefore i've been able to think like i think that's how micro and macro would work out between each other like if you're comparing the two i hope oh excuse me good god i'm fucking tired bro um <laughs> east coasters you're only an hour behind us yeah, it's not even midnight here. I'm I'm chilling. Get out of here. I got I got to get up I'm, in the I'm morning. Chilling. Dude, I've been packing all day. I go to Florida tomorrow. I'm excited to get out of the state, bro. bro I'm chilling. I work night shifts. I'm all good. Oh, okay. That's why you're so late. I was wondering why why you pushed us for so late. I'm like, well, you weren't waiting on me. You were waiting on Will's over here watching probably Grey's Anatomy. Bro, imagine working. That's all I have to say. Wow. Yeah, I, I actually... I will come I, back with bank credit for the fall, don't you? Yeah, the same, bro. Well, actually, I need my... I need to wait to the fall in order to go back and, and make money. <laughs> Dude, money's just a social construct. Okay, now we're sitting here and talking about that. When Ryan was here, we had this discussion, and I kind of want to get your input on this. We were talking about money and happiness, is there a correlation or does it just happen to be like that in society? What's your take on it? Here's what I have to say about it. Because I've seen, okay, the simple answer is no, money does not buy happiness. But it's not so simple as that. Yeah, okay, because, yeah. Yeah, because obviously, I think having enough money and having a stable economic situation will bring you happiness because you'll inherently have more freedom right and i think freedom equals happiness um the freedom to you know be able to go out to a restaurant if you want to or the freedom to you know go out to a movie or buy that nice shirt just because you want it um you know without being too 
too crazy about your spending, but yeah, I think to an extent, um, money does bring happiness, but I think you reach a point where once you're comfortable, uh, economically, I think there, it plateaus to the point where, you know, if you amass a certain amount of money, you're not going to become any more happy, but because it's, it's interesting because I've seen a lot of families, you know, whether I've went to school with our kids or anything like that, but I've seen a lot of families that are extremely rich, like multimillionaires, but they're not happy. You know, they don't, they don't have the tightest family units. Um, it doesn't mean that their children are always the most successful. Um, you know, but then I have a lot of friends who have come from really rough backgrounds that they're like the most positive people you'd ever meet, you know, and they just light up the room. So I would say that having enough money is a good goal to have, um, in order to be free. But I, I think amassing way more money than, than you need won't bring you happiness. Although I do agree that you should be able to, a lot of people say that, Oh, a billionaire has too much money. They don't need it. I'd say if you, if you, you know, provide a good to society that gets you that much money, I think you should be able to have it. And I don't think there should be a limit on that. But to go back to the original point, no money does not equal happiness at all. What do you think? I, I agree with that. I think, I think for you to call, I think when, when I think about being rich, I don't think about it in the monetary sense. I think about it in the, in the worldly sense where it's like, I would much rather like, obviously I want the monetary funds in order to support my family. And when that, when that day comes and I, and I do have a family to support and, and whatnot. Um, but for me, man, it's like, I want to be able to live like, like if I were to live in a van in the mountains of like say Washington or Colorado or somewhere, but mm-hmm. I had enough money to pay for gas and get food and, and I was living a nice life. Like I, I would, I would feel rich beyond my wildest dreams there just because I would be able to wake up every day in the mountains and be like, Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm viewing at God's green earth and, and I can climb that and I can just do that for the rest of my life. Like I think, I think having that and being worldly rich like that and having a, a family that I love and family who loves me and friends that I'm very close with and friends who love me as much as I love them versus having like, you know, a ridiculous $8 million home in, you know, the Hamptons yeah, and then having yeah. another jet, like, like that's cool and everything. But at the end of, at the end of it, it's like those people who have that, it's like they give up so much of their like worth in the yeah. sense of like with people, it's like, I just, I wouldn't want to do that because I value people a lot more and I value my relationships with people and my connections with people. And I don't know if that's just because I'm an only child. I don't know if that's because I've, because I moved around a lot growing up in the military and, and I created really good connections with people. Um, even if they didn't realize how, how connected I felt we were to each other, or how much I cherished our interaction, our friendship. Um, I don't know if it's any of that that plays into it, but I do know that, um, you know, I, I much, I feel a lot more rich when I have really close connections to people and I can be able to, to make memories with them and, and spend, um, you know, 
going just doing a bunch of shit with them versus having having money and really only having two people and one of them being your pilot you know i totally agree i like what you said about relationships because when you think about it at the end of the day you know when it's all said and done what do you have besides your family your friends um you know what i mean because money can come and go you know materials can come and go I mean, even friends can come and go, but, you know, a lot of that depends on how you value your relationships and the more you value your relationships and um, make them a big part of your life, you know, the higher possibility they're going to be there when you need them and even when you don't need them. But yeah, I totally agree, man. Like your relationships with people, that's how people are going to remember you, you know, they're not going to care if you had a million dollars, if you weren't a good father, you know, or you weren't a good brother, yeah, people are going to remember you by, you know, by how you treated, how you treated people. So yeah. I totally agree with that. One friend. And Ryan's worth- sitting there right now thinking I'm not inviting you to any of you onto my yacht when I have it. That's exactly <laughs> I, what he's thinking. He's you, like, you, you, you depressing I, fucks. You, you, you and I had this discussion and you know what I think on the matter. And honestly, <laughs> my thing is I want to, I want to be able to live that lifestyle, but I also want to be able to provide it to my children. I want to be able to be the point. Capitalist. <laughs> agree, capitalist. Chop hates capitalist. you. I hear everybody in chop right now cursing your name. Dirty. Uh, that kind of money. I'm buying a battle tank. Tell chop to bring on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man, if, if Joe oh, Jorgensen, think about it. If Joe Jorgensen becomes the president, all right, you may be able to buy that. All right, enough of the. You can still buy a tank right now. No, no, but um, but I'm saying like we'll have tank dealerships, and you can just go and buy like armored vehicles, no problem. You know, like I have no problem with that. Dicks, I found, but that's besides the point. Okay, <laughs> but, only hundred thousand for a T fifty six, so you know, good deal. Okay, moving on. But it's a T fifty six. If I'm going, if I want any tank, it's got to at least be the Patton or Bradley. Dude, if you can get a Tiger. Did, oh. did you see that meme about the uh, about the the M two Brad? Wait, is it the M two? Not. <laughs> it was by. What? It was by. Um, My opinion, uh, at least. Also, rookie. Oh, uh, yeah, I've probably seen it then. Just it kidding. Not okay. Salty Someone else. Was it by, anyway. was it by uh, Fat Tanker? Um, it was probably I, Fat Tanker. Probably. Good love his armor. Well, I think it was another meme page that was making fun of Fat Tanker. Oh. But it was a Fat good Tanker meme. It, it, was one of those, it was one of those, um, it was one of those Your Girl memes. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Your Girl is your girl like too heavy to do what it was designed to do and it was like the bradley okay back on track away from uh tanks but i want to have a life where i'm able to tell my kids one they're going to go be able to a nice school i'm like you'll be able to learn you're going to be smart you're going to grow and you're going to have the best goddamn knowledge going into college and by the time they're going to college i'm gonna say all right how'd you do in high school now go apply wherever you want i'm gonna take care of it Go enjoy yourselves because you earned it. I want to be able to get to that point in life. And by the point then, when I have the grandkids, 
their grandkids are going to come have fun with me and I'm going to spoil them run because who wouldn't want to do that as a grandparent and teach them about all these great things. That's the kind of life I want to envision. I'd agree. I mean, I, I would agree with you. I it's think something definitely... I imagine at least from my grandfather on my mom's side because, you know, worked his way up, was in, uh, corporate, was in corporate at Dart, you know, the foam cup company. And whenever we come and visit, he lived on his little uh, retirement place with my grandmother over in Mississippi at this nice, like, neighborhood that's just full of retirees, and it's all named after streets in Hawaii and stuff like that. You know, it'd spoil us. And relax, talk about old things. It, I agree. I, think I, I, I see what you're saying. The goal to be able to provide for your family as much as possible. Well, not just provide, but like, I want them to have a better life than I did because I have a pretty good life in what I've been given. I want to be able to do that and give back to both my parents and then, you know, whoever I marry, whoever, what, to my kids, et cetera, my grandchildren. I thought you were going to say for a second, I wanted them to make better life choices than I had. I'm like, well, man. Okay. <laughs> better life choices than me, yes. But you know, like, what are you talking about, man? You—that's—that's that's how you learn, bro. Yeah, but you learn yeah. so they don't have to. You learn so they don't have to. So okay, so it's that's funny you say that. I, I hear that a lot from 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 people. You know, like a lot of my friends' parents say that sometimes. Well, my parents have said that one time to me. But my pretty much have told that to me. They they told that one time to me, but it's like. You know, anytime I hear that from people, it's like, well, sure, like you're, you don't want them to, to make that same decision. And sure, you explain to them, you know, what happened to them with that decision. But again, it's like, that's what happened to, to you. You know, the cards fell like that and it happened for a reason for you. But what I'm saying is in, in your eyes, it may be a bad decision, but in theirs, it, it could totally be the opposite. And what happens to them is going to happen for for a reason that we don't know yet, but it's going to be a reason for them. So it's like, I understand where people come from when they say that. And, and, you know, obviously, you know, a, a lot of the big things, it's like, um, Oh, I just want to run. I'm just going to run away. No, I don't think that's a good decision. Like that's, that's, that's understandable. But like when it comes to like, you know, somebody who's like, well, I want to do this with my life or I want to try this. Okay. Well, good. Figure it out. Even if it may be a bad decision in your eye or a bad idea in your eyes may not for them it may work out for them you know it's like i can understand where people come from both sides but at the same time at the end of the day like everything's going to happen for a reason and whether they do it or not you know and make that decision good or bad they're going to make it and it's going to play out and it's it's going to affect them and it's going to happen for a reason you know i i believe that everything happens for a reason dude divine problems dude absolutely oh, doing that tattoo dude i'm i'm gonna no once once he gets that i'm gonna take that same exact design i'm gonna put it somewhere on my body put that on my body dude, no you're not <laughs> i'm not no. getting that tattooed on me now i'm not it. i'm not getting it in the same spot as you but i'll get it i'll get it somewhere on my body unless the only way i would do that is if we all somehow agreed to get it all tattooed in like the same spot after commissioning no well, I got I stuff. I already be... got stuff lined up for my, my uh, inner bicep. I, so. I want like it to be unique. Okay, I won't Can't do the same exact design as you, but I'll okay, but I'll do a Providence Divin Divinia. 
Throw, throw I don't Brian speak Latin. On there. Almost. Hey, okay. Well, now we're talking. I may do that. I may do that. Instead of the Providence Torch. No, 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 no. I'll do the Providence Torch. But I'll get the I'm Bulldog getting the Providence too. Torch. You can shut the... I, it was my idea. I'm getting the Providence Torch. All right, all right. No, no, no. Hold on. No, no. We talked about that the <laughs> night at the hockey game <laughs> where we both agreed. We're like, yeah, man, that would be... Both of us agreed on that tattoo. Yeah, no, please. I'm getting the crest. I'm getting the the. I'm getting the unit flash. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm not that, so. I like that one. I'm gonna get it. I'm I'm gonna get it like right up in here. So um. I'll show you what I want my first one to be. Dude, I would I would totally get the Bryant Bulldog tattoo. If I was drunk enough, and I'd definitely get it on my ass cheek for sure. <laughs> send it, dude. Oh. Come on. Where'd you go to school? Throw your fucking ass out, Bryant. <laughs> Oh, go dogs! Go dogs! Go. I like would do that. I would do that. Almost sounds like he went to Georgia. Go, go dogs! Watch dogs, dude. It pretty much is the same logo, man. I mean, actually, not really. That bulldog looks complete. Georgia doesn't even really use like a bulldog logo on their athletics, except for like that old one. No, no, no I'm talking about like the mascot. Oh, the mascot, yeah, bulldog. That's so. what I'm meaning, yeah. Like, you know, you know how our bulldog colleges there are. No, no. Our, what I'm saying is, our bulldog logo mascot is almost the same exact as Georgia. Like, I think it's pretty. Yeah. When it comes to the bulldog, now obviously when they do all the G's and stuff, like our our baseball team does B's. Our football team has a big B on their helmet because they're all bitches. Um, <laughs> seriously, our football team sucks. God, it's yeah, I've never heard Your like, New England FCS school. I'm not sure what you were expecting in terms of football. Yeah, I don't know. Our uh, baseball team does pretty good for being a Division One school. They're Division One. Don't even give me that face. They're Division One. Yes. Why, why do we not play on basketball? I just kind of want to see a stop. Because we're not in the same conference. Yeah, but you're in the you – we might as well schedule for some non-conference and warm-ups. You would think, but um, no, we're in the Northeastern Conference. Oh, yeah, I know we're not in the same conference. I'm just saying that'd be a fun one to just come to the dunk to, watch Brian get a good old whooping. What are you talking about, dude? <laughs> Providence would be like, we're not even going to go to the dunk. We'll just play at Bryant. Nah, There's nah. No, 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 there would literally be no point in having Bryant at the dunk because they would just get crushed. They would just absolutely the dunk get hype. The dunk is hype, but they just get absolutely crushed. Well, that's part of the fun. I'd be interested to see how they're gonna do it this fall with the dunk. Yeah, don't even get me started on that. I Everything don't think be sports. I don't. I legitimately don't think sports are happening in the fall, unless it's individual. There's very few that can work. NASCAR swim. works. You don't have to touch anybody. You can swim, maybe. Tennis, I can see happening. Um. Yeah, tennis. I'm trying to golf, think of another. Golf cross, makes sense. Cross country. Um, but it can't be a, it can't be a mass start. It would have to be like um, those mass corral starts. Yeah, it would have to be like they would have to like they'd have to send them and then have a break between them and then so so what I could see them doing. Well, okay, I don't think they'll ever do this. But what I think they could do is they could have like each dude go out right, start his run, and then like do a delay between the 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 second runner and the third runner and fourth uh, so on. Well, th- let me let me finish let me finish send up the runners right and have a delay between all the runners by like 10 seconds right and then ha- just have them run and whatever their time is at the end 
take off that 10 seconds at the end. Obviously, it's not going to be as cool to see who won just because whoever crossed the finish line first. But it's something if they want to do it and they want to be able to have cross-country meets go down, that's, that's the only way I can see them doing it, you know? But uh, that's whatever. We're not those experts on it. We're just a bunch of three dumb college kids who are just getting paid to go to college and want to live life, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh, Rob. Well, we've been, we've been at an hour now, man. And uh, what about you guys? Uh, but I got to get up at like um, – I got to get up at like 5 to go on a road trip to Florida. So I'm actually needing to finish pack now. So, um, Braden, man, you got anything else to say, bro? No, man. Have another good week. In fact, get after it. Yeah, Ryan, any last I mean, words, have bro? Have another good week. We're like, a, we're like a week behind recording. We're probably going to do another hey now. Well, oh, hey now, hey now, hey now, hey now. They don't know our schedule. They don't know. <laughs> we don't have a schedule. We don't have a schedule. That's why that. they don't know our schedule. We do. They don't. No, we don't. No, we don't. We're highly organized. <laughs> Come on now. It's it's the whole idea of, of rouge and perception. Nah, if we don't know what we're doing, the enemy sure as shit won't know what we're doing. Exactly. Nobody even knows where that came from. Nobody has it actually written down somewhere in a book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wait, what were you quoting? Wait, what were you talking about? <laughs> I'm so tired, dude. Oh, the quote where, like, you've seen it, right? Before it's like... Oh, it's... Like, it's the, I think it was from... It's some mysterious quote, anonymous, like, probably somebody just made up where it's like the Russians are like, you can't predict the Americans. And the Americans are like, and we can't predict what we're doing? No one can. Because you've probably oh. seen it somewhere at some point in time. Yeah, here. Okay, I just pulled the quote. It's <laughs> Here, it says... Come on. Uh, it says... If we don't know what we are doing, the enemy certainly can't anticipate our future actions. Anonymous. <laughs> That's pretty much uh, what the U.S. is doing right now. If coronavirus can't, if, if we don't know what we're doing, coronavirus can't figure out what we're doing. Ah, well, coronavirus doesn't need to figure out what we're doing. They're just like, you know what, we're just going to go full send and attack. All right, guys. Well, in, in the honor of uh, of us getting back together for our second episode. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you guys enjoyed the second episode of Donut Dudes Podcast, episode two, the electric boogaloo, even though we talked nothing about the boog this episode, even though um, we're prepared. Well, me and Braden are. I don't know about you, Ryan, but we're prepared for um, the and, uh, I mean, um, in terms of weapon and firepower, we got some firepower, but I don't know if it's ready, if it's enough for a boogaloo. Well, just come come to me and Braden's house. We, we're the boog ready. The biggest thing I think we got boog ready is hollow point. Okay, okay. I got a Hawaiian shirt that you can wear, so. Are, 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 are we, no, no, we're not going to endorse the Boogaloo Boys. The Boogie Boys, man. I'm a Boog Boy. No, no, we're not endorsing the Boogaloo Boys. <laughs> no. All right. All right. Well, now that this episode dumpster fire is off again, uh, uh, well, take it easy, guys. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed, and we'll catch you guys in the next podcast stay tuned oh also don't forget uh next week is the fourth of july so um prepare to celebrate for our founding america fuck yeah that's how we're gonna close out this this episode is is that song all right all right take it easy guys see